Hello and welcome to Fitness Behind the Filter episode two. I'm Hayley Owen and today I am joined by Jasmine Jeffrey. So Jasmine, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh God. Okay. So Jasmine Jeffrey, um, I have a podcast called Not Just a Bikini Girl and Hayley's been on my podcast as well and she was amazing. I have a business called Compact, which is a one-stop stop. Oh, God, see, I can't even talk. I have my own podcast and I can't even get my words out <laughs> Now you'll see, this is the filter people realise. Oh, my God, this girl actually can't talk. Uh, yeah, Compact is a one-stop store for all your competing needs. Uh, competed a couple of times. My last competing year was 2018, where I did like a real random one. I did PCA, Two Bros, Mami Pro, had a ball. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much me, I guess, in a nutshell. Um, I did not expect to have my own business at this age, did not expect to have a podcast. I did not expect to be in the bodybuilding world, let's put it that way, but everything happens for a reason. I think I'm definitely starting to realise that now, so yeah, thanks for What got you into the bodybuilding world? <laughs> so for me, I came into it like slightly, like, I didn't come into it thinking I want to compete. I came into it with a goal that I had issues with my hips and my knees when I was a child and I got into weightlifting purely like body weight squats and stuff because I thought I literally just want to live a normal life. I wanted to be able to walk in heels without being in pain because I was told I couldn't wear them. I want it now because now I know them inside out with obviously the work I do. Like, it's just very, very strange. Um, yeah, I just got into it wanting to be able to run and just kind of live a very normal life. And then after that, I still had a lot of, like, I guess, personal insecurities of being bullied and um, the way that I walked and stuff. And I just kind of wanted to do it purely for myself. Um, after having three people quite close to me pass away, I kind of just woke up and heard the news of the third person that was close to me passing away. It was in the space of, like, six months since I was at uni. And I was like, screw it. Like, I just, like, life is too short. I really just need to live life a bit more and not be as serious with it and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of did it did the goal and it was amazing and I thought right I just want to give this another go properly because I kind of like winged it didn't really like do I, I didn't hire a posing coach didn't hire anything I literally just like did it for myself and then yeah just slowly but surely kind of got more and more and more involved into the industry and then I was still doing I wasn't doing Compact. I think Compact, the idea for it came in 2017, set it up in 2018. But before that, I was doing digital marketing. Okay. I was doing that for some corporates. And then I decided to do it on a freelance basis because I kind of got to the point where I really want to have my own business. I don't know what it is, but I just want, I didn't like corporate life, could not stand it, hated being told what to do. Hated the whole like clicky, you know, like you know, it's all the small talk of corporate. I thought I don't, I can't hack this life. It, oh, I hate it. It was just absolutely hated it. Hated having to get up at seven in the morning, have a long commute, um, and then yeah, the idea for Compact came after the 2017 prep that I did, and I just thought this is such a cool way for me to be able to combine my passion for bodybuilding and digital marketing and just merge them together in some yeah. weird way um so yeah, and like you said before no one had ever done it before either so it was a massive like revolution for the industry which is so weird to think of like how basic is it like amazon isn't a mad idea it's just put everything in one place like it's so weird now thinking back to like that yeah i knew like it was such a simple idea so i was kind of sitting there thinking someone's gonna launch this before me someone's gonna launch this before me so yeah it was very very um nerve-wracking i mean you just you just convinced that someone's gonna launch it before you um but yeah it's kind of mad to think how it's all kind of come into play like, i never imagined that someone else would be saying what i created kind of revolutionized the industry but i think it's because i had that same issue of not having everything in one place not having a company to rely on, not having the information like readily available, I kind of knew exactly what, what needed to be done. And mm. even now, like I still know what needs to be done, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of mad. Even like heels and stuff, a couple of years ago, the, like, the knowledge that I feel like I have with the heels 
has completely been elevated. But I think the main problem was companies in the past had never been competitors themselves because I thought, well, how has no one noticed that the arch in the platform makes a difference or the heel height or the, you know, there's different like widths. Um, some heels are narrow, some heels are wide. And the difference that makes is ginormous. But the only reason I found that out was because of me testing and trialing every single shoe to understand mm. it to that nth degree. Yeah. Um, yeah and I can just say your um, article, if people who are listening haven't looked at it yet, on shoes on the Compact website has changed the game. Honestly, I obviously you know that I've just got a new pair of shoes and I was like, okay, so what do I need? And I was looking at all the, the different ones and I always really struggled to walk in the Gala 08s, which don't have a platform, but obviously for the um, federation that I was using was, was really important not to have a platform. And I've now looked at your article and was like, right, I know I need to get the ones that I've got, the Cocktail 501, I think I have. Um, yeah. And honestly, the the difference in my posing i i posed for the first time yesterday and oh my god <laughs> like it's insane i love that like, if you haven't looked at that article then honestly do it thank you so much and i i love it's so cool when people are really unsure and they're like i'm like look this is the shoe this is the shoe this is the shoe for you and they're kind of like oh okay i'll give it a go and then they're like oh my god this is a game changer and People like shoes make such a difference with your posing, man, and mm. just your to your confidence as well. Like they make such a big difference. Yeah. And I think the main like one thing that I'm noticing in particular for this year is everyone's following what the pros are doing, like to the nth degree, and it's kind of not the best idea to do. Like so, Issa wears like a lip 108. Now, lip are like the most narrow style you can wear. So all these girls are buying this lip style because they think it looks better and they think, oh, Miss Bikini Olympia is wearing them. That means I've got to wear them. And then they're wondering why they're having so many issues with their shoes and their posing. And it's like, it's because you're going for this. I know why you've gone for that shoe. It's because the pros are wearing it, but this isn't a, what the pros are doing. Let's copy them completely. This is, especially with bikini, it's like, you need to choose the right thing that's going to make like, make you feel the best and make you the most confident and like it all starts from the feet it really does start from the feet and if your feet are so squished into a shoe because you're buying them because the pros wearing them then it's no mm -hmm. wonder that you're not going to be able to rotate properly through the hips and the quads and you know what i mean like, all those little like accent things yeah um, so yeah it's cool i feel like every year i'm learning more and more and more things like even something that i haven't actually spoken about yet but i'll like obviously give an insight now i was speaking to uh caitlin hill because she does figure and she's gone from the flare four eights to the elegant four eights. I said, look, if you're struggling with walking, the flare platform is quite flat. I was like, so you probably might feel like you're kind of catching the front of your foot and that's making you feel a little bit uneasy. I said, you need to go, maybe like try something like an elegant where the arch is kind of like raised at the top. So you means you're not going to catch yourself. And she's like, oh my God, this is such a game changer. And then Meg Sylvester tried them on. I was like, whoa, my figure posing feels so much better. And I was like, well, why is that? And now I'm like researching figure posing. I'm like, the, like the, the weight on the foot, depending on that figure posing, can actually affect what shoes you need. And I'm like, mate, I thought I knew everything. But now it's, that's the cool thing, though. Like, by people giving me that feedback, it gets me excited again. Because I'm like, mm. oh, this is like a new thing that I need to research these figure posing poses see where the weight distribution kind of falls and how that platform can either help that pose or kind of make it more difficult so yeah yeah so i feel like i talk for ages about it but it's, that's it's all right no cool. it's nice to hear hear your passion for it 100 percent. so backtracking a little bit to what you said at the beginning where you struggled to walk in heels when you were younger and yeah. that you were taking the mick out of for the way you used to walk yeah. Did you struggle with confidence back then as a result? Uh, do you feel like it's sort of influenced who you are now at all or did it not really phase you? Yes, yes. And well, yes, it's, <laughs> it's, it affected my confidence when I was younger dramatically. Um, like was like kind of daily crippling like, mentally. Um, even like, you don't realize sometimes like, the little things that you do and the little insecurities you have, how much that influences stuff that we said to you when you were younger. Um, 
even now, I feel like this year in particular, I guess with the whole like COVID situation, it's kind of allowed me to take a step back and kind of be like, whoa, these things that I'm doing at 26 are still because of the beliefs and the things that I said to me when I was younger. Like competing's definitely helped me push past a lot of those confidence issues. Um, and that's why I think like competing is just so powerful, like within itself sometimes with people, like other people in the industry. Um, but yeah, it definitely did impact me. But over time, like anything, you've just got to work at it. Like you've really just got to work at it. Um, and even like heels, I still can't believe that. I, I, it's still mad when I'm looking at these heels, I'm like, how do I understand these heels? Like I don't, it's so weird. Cause when I was younger, it was such like a fear thing for me. Cause I thought I can't wear them. They're going to cause you pain. They're going to make me look so much taller than when I, what I already am. That's going to make me stand out more. I don't want to stand out more, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, it definitely did. Um, and even when I'm doing like posing sessions with um, like, I've done it with Charlie Pickstock, I've done it with Beth Scott, I've done it with Emma Heim in the posing pro. And even every single time, they're like, why are you crouching over? I'm like, oh, I know why I'm crouching over. It's because of when I was younger, that's what I would try and make myself smaller because mm -hmm. I hated being tall. And I'm like, crap, even now I'm having to kind of, you know, override that mental side of like stand tall. And they always, every single posing session, they're like, Come on, Jazz, elongate up, elongate up. But my brain's like so wired into crouching over. It's quite mad, but um, yeah. we're getting there. We're getting there, definitely. What other things do you feel like you've overcome? So obviously you're learning to overcome your height and, you know, imposing. But what other things do you think were, were affected and, and how have you overcome those? Oh, something that I'm really trying to push through um, this year and it's something that this new launch that I'm doing is kind of like the first step for me personally is my creativity. My creativity when I was younger um, and even like, you know, my twenties and whatnot, it was always seems like a bad thing. It was always very much looked down on, um, particularly from like my family. It was never taken seriously. I, I always wanted to be in the creative industries, always wanted to be in creative industries. Um, before I actually got a scholarship to the school, which can completely kind of changed my path, I wanted to be um, an interior designer and I wanted to get into textiles and in particular, like the textile technology. So like fabric technology, um, I, I was, for some reason I was very good with textiles and chemistry and business. So that's kind of the way that I thought I was going to be going. And then once I got the scholarship um, for this other school, my dad was like, you're definitely doing this. Like, you're definitely not doing like a B-tech, like creative thing. And then it was kind of always looked down on. Um, so I think that's kind of been a big thing because it's always been a passion of mine, but a lot of creatives have this where they feel like they can't make their passion of creativity actually their main business because people still look down on it. Um, so that's, I guess, one thing I'm really trying to overcome now is like I always... I didn't realize I always saw like, I kind of like underplayed my passion for visuals and creativity and art and all that sort of thing. Um, whereas actually I just think, Do you know what? I'm not getting any old, younger. I just need to own this. And mm -hmm. now I've really been able to, I guess, explore that a lot more this year. Um, I feel so much like clear in my vision, like with who I am as a person, like with the way my business is going now. Um, I'm definitely noticing, especially now, like, I'm very much a creative marketing, visual branding person, but the other stuff my business, I will happy that I gave that out, man. Like I'm not the right person to be doing the numbers. I'm definitely not the right person to be doing the more admin tricky stuff. Um, but that's kind of how you, like you learn, don't you? Like, especially when you run your own business, like you just learn that. Yeah. Um, kind of across the, across the years. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So how do you feel like you, how how did you feel like you overcame that situation you know i know you said it was just a case of doing it but did you have help or support or anything like that mm. good question for me actually i need to find this quote um i might be able to find it while i'm talking to you let's see if this will work there's a you know, not it's for some reason there was this one quote that i read and i was like holy shit this is so true right i've actually found it this is good can you still hear me yeah okay you can change your life completely in six months if you give yourself a little push in the right direction and top it off 
with a whole delicate dollop of self-love and self-belief. Every single accomplishment from anyone ever starts with the type of inner belief no one can even snatch away, even if they try. Now, this is the big bit. So don't you owe it to yourself to at least try. I love that. I and love that. That last bit is don't you owe it to yourself. I kind of sat there and I was like, yeah, like, I just need to, I just need to give it a try and really allow myself. Um, so I think that for some reason, that quote that I spotted a couple of months ago, really switched something in my head. Mm. I don't know what it was. And even doing this sounds so like weird. Even <laughs> when I do orders and I sit in the unit by myself. So at the beginning of the year, I actually had my friend doing it for me. And it was a massive help. Obviously with COVID, she had to um, go into full-time work and I had to take it up again. And you do a lot of thinking. I do a lot of thinking in my unit room. And I was just, I've been listening to um, the podcast called The Minimalist and it's insane. Like it's so good. It kind of teaches you like the importance of simplifying things and um, the essence of minimalism and how it can really like change the way you see things, the way you do things. And it's really, really helped me. And the big thing, it's like the reason that you don't let go of certain items or things in your life is because you can't let go of the memory or the experience. Like you kind of feel like you're trapped by that experience. And like, there was a couple of things that I let go of, even like clothes wise. Now I'm getting really personal here, but there was a, <laughs> so when I got married, like it wasn't a great time for me or my husband. Um, and it was quite a dark time. And there was this dress that I wore for my wedding party, which I hated. I hated the whole of my wedding day um, and even the wedding party because of stuff that happened on that day. And I don't know what it was. I was just like, right, I'm gonna, we're moving house. I'm just gonna clear stuff from my, I, there's so many clothes that I've got over the years, especially when you're prepping in your off season. I was like, screw this. I just need to simplify my life right now because I don't need to be having more decisions on my head of what am I gonna wear? That was like one simple thing. Right, let's reduce it down. And there was this like, I was going through like the wardrobe and I came across the dress and I looked at it and I like burst into tears. And then it just clicked. I was like, I'm holding on to these memories still and these experiences. I just need to let go. Like it's not, it's the past. It's, it is the past. It is not the present. It's only if you let go of it, it will not keep being your present. And I don't know what it was from that quote and that dress. It kind of just switched something. And I feel like that happens quite a lot with me. Um, I'll kind of like, I'll think on things and then it'll just be one, like, I won't even like see it coming. It'll just be one flip. Like someone will just say one line to me or there'll be one quote or there'll be one comment that someone messages me with. And I'll be like, oh my God, holy shit, like that's it. And it just gives me that like, it kind of like pushes you off the hill. That's the way I kind of see it. It's just that one thing that will just completely resonate with you and just push you off the hill. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just, I don't feel like I've answered the question, but that's kind of, I feel like this year's been such a big one for me um, for kind of really getting to grips with like self-awareness and being like, right, this needs to stop. I owe that to myself to just go for it. And you are literally the only person that stands in your way. You can make as many excuses as you want about why you're not doing certain things. But ultimately it is literally because most of the time you're holding on to a past belief or a past memory or a past experience. And that is probably like being your, your heavy weight and you literally just need to let go of that. And once you let go of that, you're, I feel like you're able to kind of learn that skill of right, you know, you've done that once, you can overcome that other thing. Like you mm -hmm. can overcome X and Y. It's just owning that skill and then being able to replicate that like on a bigger scale can actually help you, so. It just allows you to unlock your potential, doesn't it? If you're, if you're open to, to learning and looking at new things and the fact that you're able to be so influenced by, you know, the odd quote, the odd comment or whatever is amazing because it shows how open you are to self, to self-improvement, which is something you should be really proud of. It's really good. Thanks, babe. We're getting there. We're getting there. But I think that the, the biggest thing was like, don't you owe it to yourself? And I think for a lot of people, um, and I'm just talking from my own experience with um, like being in a domestic abusive relationship, like, there's a lot of things over time that like get said to you and you don't realize how much you internalize these negative things. Like that one comment that someone makes can stay with you mm. like massively. And I thought, no, I owe it to myself. Like, you know, 
it doesn't matter what my ex-partner said. It doesn't matter what my dad used to say to me. It doesn't matter what these other people said. Like, it's just one flitting comment. And you just need to really be able to like bounce it off whenever you get this negativity and be like, no, I owe it to myself to do what I really want to do with my life or, you know, treat my body well, um, take time out for myself, all those little things. Um, I think once you have that self love and appreciation for yourself, you're able to do that and allow yourself to actually be happy and allow yourself to have those experiences that you want um, and create the life that you want. So, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I know you've been um, very open on your own podcasts and platforms about your struggles with mental health, etc. And in relation to your previous like toxic relationship, do you feel like your current relationship was ever um, tainted or did you struggle with anything when you were going into your current relationship as a result of mental health or as a result of your past experiences? Um, Yeah, so even before Joe, there was another guy that I was with. And even then, um, unfortunately, I'll put my hands up, I brought the past relationship in. Cause I was like, I don't, I, I was very defensive and I was very like snappy. Cause anytime, like, I've always felt like I had to be on guard from like my past abusive relationship. And it got better um, from that previous relationship before Joe. And even with Joe now, um, Obviously, we've been getting, how long have we been together now? I think it's been like four years. It's definitely gotten better, but especially at the beginning, he had to keep saying to me, he's like, Jazz, I'm not, I'm not, ex- yeah, I'm, I'm going to say call him Trevor, whoever, he's not called Trevor, like, I'm not Trevor, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not your dad, I'm not, I'm not these people. And he kept, had to, he had to keep saying it to me, and I was like, it just, it take, it's just like that irrational part of your brain that's like, I'm fearful. I'm on the. I'm on the defensive. Like mm. that's because that's the way I was always from. Like until I met Joe, I always felt like I had to be on the defensive with men. Yeah. In any relationship. Um. So yeah, it definitely did impact it. But luckily, Joe was very understanding. Joe got it. Um. So that it definitely has helped. So I do feel like I'm a lot more of a mellow person now. Um. And even my mum said that. She's like, because I used to be quite fiery when I was younger, um, and I'd be very like up for. That's, it makes it sound like I'm an arsehole. I'd be very. <laughs> like, I wouldn't shy away from an argument if someone was. Like, I'd be. I'd be there, and yeah. I'd snap and I'd literally talk them down because that's the way I always felt like I had to be. Mm-hmm. Even my mum's like, you. You don't. You still got that fiery side, but she goes, you're. You can tell you're not on edge anymore, and you don't feel threatened. And she can. T- she can sense that with where that I am now and especially with Joe um mental health wise that probably has been a hard one because Joe's never and like he'll be happy for me to admit this like Joe's never really struggled with mental health so he struggles to understand how I'm feeling um that's a very very difficult one even last year um but I feel like I have it's I think it's hard sometimes to be able to kind of express how you're feeling because you really can't really put it into words yeah but even like moments like this week um of like i feel like because this launch is just pushing me outside my comfort zone so i'm just like oh my god and then i'm like doing all these other things i've just been a bit more open i'm like joe i need a hug it's like why i was like i'm anxious anxious it's like why i'm like i don't know i'm just anxious i need a hug and even like that little thing of just like you know sign because i never used when i used to kind of feel certain things i've never said anything yeah and then joe like why are you off i'm like i'm not off because it what what would i'm like no you're it's not nothing you've done but it's because i've not been open he now thinks he's misinterpreted it but it's not his fault it's mine for not saying anything um so i feel like that has definitely helped um when i say to him like i feel anxious or oh i'm really not feeling good and even like i've noticed especially with my periods um and i've spoken to quite a few people about this i think it's quite a common thing of like when you get like for me when i'm just about to come on my period my mood really really swings like massively and I, I I spoke to Cal about it and I was like mate I feel like it, I really have to kind of check myself because it's like it's a proper hormonal string for me mm-hmm. um and even being open with Joe about that as well has been really really helpful um but I think at the beginning I was like oh, I can't say anything don't say anything I'll just act like I'm fine but when you live with someone they catch on to anything you do yeah so Joe was like what's wrong and I'd be like it's nothing it's nothing and Joe's like yeah, but it is, and I'll be like, and then I get angry. I'm like, this isn't even his fault. Like, this is actually my fault. <laughs> yeah. Why am I blaming someone else? 
Um, and I feel like I have learned that with this, with this, with this relationship. It's like, no, I'm actually going to admit when this is my fault because like, mm. it's not a bad thing. It's like, okay, I was a dick then. Or, and then Joe's like, okay, I was a dick then. So yeah, it, work, it works in both ways, but it definitely takes time. Communication is definitely key in whatever sort of a relationship you have. Um, yeah. And I think especially when mental health is involved, communication and transparency and honesty is so important which is obviously like part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast to sort of focus on the transparency and honesty of that um you know away from the filters that social media allows us to put on our lives because it's not even a case I find it and if you found it as well where you intentionally hide the bad points in your life so to speak Mm -hmm. It's just you don't think of picking up the camera. You don't think of posting on Instagram. It's not that you're trying to hide anything, but sometimes you just don't feel like talking. Yeah, exactly. If you don't know what's going on in your own head, then how can you, like, that's what I used to feel like with social media at times, especially last year. I'm like, if I can't even, like, string a sentence together for my husband or how I'm feeling, how the hell am I going to string a sentence together for social media? That's literally the way I thought of it. Mm. Um, so no, I'm totally with you on that one. I'm totally with you on that one. Have you ever had any sort of like therapy or counselling or anything like that or medication to help with your own mental health? Um, I had counselling after my, so when I was, how old was I? 17, 18. Um, so my domestic, I had, well, I had one abusive, mentally abusive relation when I was 14. And then um, the second partner was from 16 up until 18. So um 18 I had my first like counselling which was actually probably the best I've had for for the whole home um Mm. and what was really really weird really really weird was that I came back to Northampton this is when I first got um with Joe and we were just in like this random like emporium shop and they like the cute antique ones and then Joe's like oh hi are you right and I turn around I'm like how does he know my counsellor I'm like (laughs) what and I'm just sitting there, like, because I hadn't seen her in, like, about three years. And I'm standing there, like, does she know who I am? I'm like, do I say anything? And I'm just, she's like, hi. And I'm like, I'm literally, like, inside going, oh, my God, this is really <laughs> But Joe, because like, she was quite an old lady, um, but Joe knew this person because Joe's nan and her were best mates. So I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. And I kind of sat there, like, you know, you just think this cannot be real. Like, I've not been, you know, when I was sitting there at 18, I didn't, had no idea that who I was speaking to knew my future husband's nan. I was like, what? That's Too mad. Funny. That's <laughs> mad. But yeah, sorry, completely going off of time again. Um, so, yeah, I had counselling when I was um, 18. Um, and then... I did try counselling again when I was like, I think, because my mum and I were going through a divorce and I came back from uni. So I was 21, 22 at the time. Um, and it was like really, really not like not a good time. Um, it was a very, very, like I was still in the house. It was very, very toxic. A lot of stuff was happening. Um, and I tried counselling again, but you know, you just, you can't find the right person. Mm. And I sat there for half an hour listening to this woman's problems. I was like, I don't know if this is how counselling's meant to be working. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of really was really frustrating because at that time I was really struggling for money um, and you know with the NHS system like it can be a bit of a ball ache and you can be waiting like 12 weeks and I thought mm. well I need I need I can't wait 12 weeks like I need to speak to someone now um so yeah I, I've kind of dipped in and out of it um medication wise I've never had medication um I did get off for it when I was 18 but I did decline it mm-hmm. um and then when I went back so end of 2018 I did actually try um and go to the NHS again um and their initial thing was like just trying to shove me on medication I just said Joe I can't read I said I don't I think if the doctor was probably not as pushy and kind of trying to shove me out the door I might have actually thought about it but the way it was breached to me like I said about counselling and he was like, yeah, but you can have to wait for ages. So, you know, you could just do this. I was like, you're really not getting this. Like, I just felt mm-hmm. like it was, he was just trying to do a, you can just take this and then you can just leave and it'll be fine. Um, Bit so of a cover I, up with a plaster. Yeah, literally. Um, so no, I've never, I've never had medication myself. Um, have I thought about it? Yes. Um, my mum and dad both had medication in the past. Um, so I don't know, like, I've, it's been one of those things, it's, it's, 
I've never taken it, but it has kind of come into the radar. But I've always kind of thought, no, like, you know, I've, I think because of all the years of, if, of me having my mental health kind of in the like background, I've kind of realised, oh, what's this? I've seen a really good quote. It's like, this too shall pass. Like, I kind of go in like peaks and troughs. So like, yeah. I have times where it kind of gets elevated. And then I have a couple of years where it kind of, it settles again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, I think that's why I've always kind of been put off by medication but that's just my own personal experience so yeah I didn't know if it was anything to do with the stigma of of medication that made you think no I don't want to go on it or if it was just your personal Um, preference I think it was from do you know what it was I think it was from seeing um people my people around me take medication and I never saw them get better Mm -hmm. when I was younger um so maybe like in some weird way I kind of thought they've taken medication and they don't seem to be better but I think that's maybe why I tried again I was kind of against it because I thought I don't just want to take medication and then thinking it's gonna like I need to kind of actually be active from what because some you know I'm not kind of judging anyone but you know you could be in a situation where someone might just take the medication and thinks that's gonna resolve the issues and it's like it's not a case of popping a pill and everything's fine like you actually need to work on this actively like and consciously act act on it as well yeah no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, out of interest, did you find that your mental health was like better or worse as a result of competition prep? Ooh, I love that question. Um, both. Okay. I'd say both. Um, it's really weird for me because it, I don't know, competition prep, like it's, it's not, even though it's quite an isolated thing, it doesn't work in isolation because the rest of your life still happens. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Um, the so, world doesn't stop because you're in prep. Yeah. So I, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's really helped me in terms of like tunnel vision and knowing that I can go to those places if I need to, which I think is a really, really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think for anyone, whether you've struggled with mental health or not, that when you've got that decline um, in terms of like your body and hormones and stuff, and you're very like emotional up and down, I think when other external things are going on, it can definitely test you and push you um, and it can tip you the way. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like in some ways it did. I always find it really difficult because for me, when I came to the end of 2018, I just had way too much going on. Like you get married. (laughs) No, my friends always say this to me. They're like, Jazz, there's always something going on in your life. I'm like, yes, I know. (laughs) But it's just like we all kind of laugh about it not that like why jazz what's going on now um but yeah it's for me at the end of 2018 i had obviously the, the wedding um and as if you're listening to this and you've got married before you know how annoying people can be and how stressful they put it on you um and my granddad passing away like july 2018 i don't think i actually fully processed that grieving process until the end of prep and then at that same time, uh, we moved house quite suddenly. Um, and then Joe was really poorly. So every single peak week, or the two bros peak week and the mommy pro peak week, I spent probably most of that week in hospital with Joe and Amy um, and in recess at one point. So there was a lot of, like, it's not the most ideal kind of setup. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, if you're, if, if you kind of are, Oh, it's really hard to say because if nothing had, if those things hadn't have happened, I don't think the end of my contract for 2018 would have gone the way it had. But with all those stresses coupled and you know, that accumulation, it did build up for yeah. me. I won't lie. Um, it did actually build up for me. So I don't think I've answered your question, but I, I think it really does depend on the per- like you as you yourself as a person and then what's going on around you. Mm. Um, I think if I would have probably been a bit more open and honest with people around me with what was going on during that time, I think I probably would have handled it better. But I did the whole, I can handle this all. I'm fine. I don't need no help. And that was probably a wrong call from me. But that's just my ego. I was like, I don't need, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. When actually it's like, no, like, it's fine. fine to, yeah, it's fine to accept when your husband keeps going into recess and they don't know what's going on with him. And, you know, you're, your wedding is really stressful and you're having to move house and you know what I mean like it's okay mm. to kind of like right I need help here 
Um, yeah, just screaming into yeah. a pillow doesn't always help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think comp prep can be an amazing thing for dealing with certain situations. So if you're, like you said, when, when your granddad sadly passed away, you had that thing to focus on to keep you going because you almost don't have an option. But I think when people get into comp prep with underlying issues mm. that they attempt to mask with, with comp prep, it can be yeah. a car crash waiting to happen at the end when all of yeah. a sudden you haven't got the goal and actually you've got to focus on what had been going wrong. Yeah. Did you struggle post-show um, because of prep at all? Or was it just because you had a hell of a lot going on regardless of whether you were prepping or not? <laughs> yeah, I always find this like, this sort of time really, really difficult um, to kind of put like a distinct, was it X, was it Y? Because I came to the end of prep and my period, my period had gone. And um, so my last period was, I want to say August, September. Yeah, period was August, September. And I came in like mega, mega lean, like, I don't ever need to get that lean again, which is great because I, I now kind of, I went one way and I thought, no, I need to get super, super shredded for PCA. That didn't work. And then I was still, and because I was so lean, coming out of that hormonally, I was very like, my I could just tell, like my, because I, I reverse dieted before, worked amazing. But I could tell that I'd obviously gone, gone past that leanness point where it's like, right, the side, like, the actual ghrelin leptin hormones are completely out of out of sync and out of whack mm -hmm. and i was trying to do the whole like reverse dieting but i usually you kind of want like a routine and you know get into kind of a groove whereas there was no routine and there was no groove because i would literally be sitting at my office and then one moment i'd just hear like a thump and gel on the floor and i'd be like oh my god like generally it was just like it was a lot of like initial like panics and stresses mm. so it's really hard to say like if if i didn't have everything going on i think it hormonally and mentally it would have been a better ride for me it was just two bad things unfortunately just happened at the same time and i just had to ride with it yeah and i was trying as much as i can as much as i could to stay into a normal routine and you know stick to like the like the plan like i did last time but i just Gerald was like this isn't working this time and I don't know what's going on. I was like, I, I, this is causing me more stress and it was making me even more food focused. And my, you know, everything was getting, it was getting even worse for me instead of actually trying to make it better. So that's when Joe kind of just said to me, look, I think you need to kind of do this approach a bit differently. He's like, you're not gonna like it. He's like, but from a long-term perspective, health-wise, hormonally he's like this is going to be better for you but you just need to trust that this is going to be it's going to be a mentally a, a hard one but for me i was kind of sitting there thinking well i can keep trying x method which is making me more food focused making me want to binge and i was never a binge sort of person or i can go all in like inverted commas um it's funny did the all in before stephanie Butterworth? just saying um, <laughs> know what it, what it was though or I can do, you know, this completely different method, it's going to push me way over whatever set point I ever have. But that's when I kind of made the corner for, I don't want to be food focused. I don't want to get into a binge restrict cycle. That ain't me. Like mm. that is, that's not me at all. And I just trusted Joe's judgment. I was like, okay, what do I do? And he's like, you're going to come up completely off plan. I was like, what? So you need to come up completely off plan. You're going to eat to your hunger. I was like, and I was like, what? I was like, if I eat to hunger, I'm going to be eating a lot. He's like, yeah, I know you are. He's like, but it will settle. Your body will settle, but you're just like, you've just got to, if you're going to do this, you need to commit to it and you don't, you can't resist it because if you do that, then it's, it's not going to do what it needs to do. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like my, like my only thing I wish I kind of did was kind of be a bit more honest about that and honest about the process I was doing, but I was just way too like in my own head. And I thought, no, I just need to do this and then just sort, sort it out it. yourself. Yeah. And then literally. talk about it in hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was actually one of my questions, your journey to going quote unquote all in. Um, do you, 
do you, what was your experience with it? Did it affect your mental health? Did you find obviously long term it's been beneficial for you? But do you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah. So long like when I was doing the audio process, so started December two thousand eighteen. Um, didn't really fully finish until maybe beginning of this year. To be honest. Um, but at the beginning, it was hard because I was at the same time as trying to resettle my body, I was trying to resettle my mind because I knew that I was kind of going through that kind of dip in my mood um, and I knew it was kind of brewing. So I was like, right, Rocky Road, here we go. Let's just do this. Um, and the thing is, even when last year was like, really, there was really like dark moments, I, the difference was, I kind of in my back of my head, I was like, this will pass. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Cause I, I knew deep down that I am going to be better, I am going to feel better. And that was mm. kind of like an overriding drive for me. As even though I didn't like the way I looked, I felt uncomfortable at times. Um, and, you know, turning up to bodybuilding shows, being a lot bigger than what you were last year, that is mentally very, very hard for someone. Yeah. Very, very hard. And then I didn't obviously tell everyone what was going on. So everyone just thought, oh, she didn't eat way too much. And I was like, you have no idea, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was definitely a difficult one and it took a lot of Joe's patience because we were going out for food and I'd still be like sitting there going like, I shouldn't be eating this, like, what am I doing? Like, this is like, blah, oh, I should, I've, you know, I've eaten a full day of food and now I'm having this. And it took a lot of Joe's patience with that and being like, but you know, be very persistent being like, Jasmine, stop being silly. And, but over time, like, all, I'd, I'd probably say by maybe, March, April, food focus was completely switched off. I wasn't like completely food focused. My cravings had gone. Um, like everything I could, I could notice mentally things were starting to settle for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right, this is like, this is, this is a good wave. Um, but it didn't make me at the same time. I was very nervous, like thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be starting. Like I want, like, you know, going into working with cattle, I was like, I said to him, I haven't dieted for about a year and a half. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel with this. But by having that whole year out of, you know, going all in, quote, unquote, um, completely taking away, like, any, like, plan and eating out and all that sort of thing, I've managed this year to probably drop... I, I don't want to put, like, a weight on it, but I probably I have maybe dropped maybe, like, a stone and a half. Like, now I'm kind of come out of the dieting phase fully in the off season like i've dropped all the excess weight i call it that i gained through the all-in process but i've come out of this dieting phase a lot more relaxed food focus isn't there and i'm mentally in a great place mm. but i know i would never have been able to do this year without doing last year because now i've done last year and i've been at that place with food i've been at that place my body's you know, it's, I'm, I'm not liking anything like that I'm wearing, blah, blah, blah. It's made me so much more grateful and appreciative for what I have right now. Yeah. And so much more grateful. And now I feel like I'm in a place where I know exactly like, well, how I look right now is how, like, if you take the competitor Jasmine out of this, this is how I would look. Like, I'm more than content, happy looking like this for the rest of my life. If I didn't compete again, I could chill like this happily chill like this even with say like even with the stretch marks all like you know rolls whatever it is like i know i now know my set point and my happy place yeah and the way that me and cow are doing this off season i said to him look like i've done the whole pushing up weight i said i know you know, there's pros and cons to doing that i said but personally i feel like i perform the best um both for my business and at the gym i feel my best i said this roughly um I said like 154. I said, roughly, this is where I like to sit. And this is how I want to do my off season. He was like, yeah, good with that. And I'm um, chill. So yeah, I feel like I've kind of really gone off on one now. But um, yeah, it was definitely a hard process. But if anyone is having like real hormonal issues coming out of a prep, um, you've, you've got to kind of ask yourself like long term, you've always got to think long term. It's like, if I, I knew I wanted to compete again, I knew I wanted to um, diet again, but I knew that if I, if I didn't sort out everything else, it, it wouldn't have worked. 
like it would not have worked. If I wouldn't have done last year, I wouldn't be able to be content, potentially looking at competing next year. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be able to do the photo shoots and get to the place that I'm at now. So, yeah. Sorry. And I think it's clearly, obviously, going through that process has made you happy with where you are now and confident. Like you said, you've done amazing photo shoots really recently. Um, and yet previously you might've been uncomfortable doing that because you had, yeah. you'd sort of taken that for granted. So it's amazing that you've, that you've got to that point where you can be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I wore a stage bikini and I wore it in stage leader. I was like, mate, I've done this. I've ticked the box. And well, you looked awesome. So you looked freaking awesome. Your glutes are on fire at the moment. I love Thanks, that picture. Man. You know it's like though, as soon as prep happens, it's like, where are my glutes at though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every girl struggles. Every girl struggles. Exactly. So would you say you're in a pretty good place now? Apart from the stress? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> considering there's a pandemic, considering the stress, yeah, yeah, like I'm 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 a lot more chilled now um a lot better place and even like you know my relationship's better because i'm better um so yeah like as anything there's always stuff that needs to be improved on there's always mm -hmm. stuff that needs to be worked on um but i feel like i'm in terms of the into the groove that i am and the place that i'm at with like place that i'm at with business mindset um you know physique stuff as well like i'm i'm pretty chill um I think I'm just learning to kind of just let go, just do it, just stop overthinking, just just go to kind of go more with the flow. And I do think if I, I really, really want more people to listen to like the, this minimalist podcast because it's really just changed my outlook on things like massively. Um, and it's it's changed the way that I'm even like my environment really, really cutting down on stuff now. I'm like, don't need that. I'm being a lot more ruthless. <laughs> but yeah. it's mad how much of a difference that will make to your mental kind of state of having less mm. stuff. Because yeah. um, we're moving into a four bed. Uh, we were very lucky. We just wanted a free bed and we were lucky to find this four bed um, at the same price. And everyone's like, oh, like, what are you going to do with like the fourth bedroom? I'm like, put a plant in it and leave it. I'm not going to fill that room just for the sake of filling it. And this is the yeah. thing, it's like, some things are nice being left. They don't need, you don't need to add more stuff to everything in your life. Mm. Sometimes it's nice just knowing when to take a step back. And I think it's the same with like, you know, the process of being creative and, art and the arty side is, it's very, very tricky to kind of learn where to pull back, especially with prep as well. You know, you can keep getting leaner and leaner and leaner, but the beauty is knowing when to stop and pull back mm -hmm. and leave it. Because sometimes that beauty is actually there um, yeah. So, yeah, you can reflect that with quite a few things in life, I think. So, yeah, we're getting there. Oh, that's amazing to hear. So, just to finish off, I will ask you the questions that I'm going to ask everyone on this podcast. Um, so, obviously, this podcast is based on uh, on social media, um, essentially. So, what is one post you'd wished you'd never written? See, this is a funny one. I was thinking about this one because. There is probably something that I, 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 I probably posted it and then automatically deleted it, but I can't remember what it is. So I actually couldn't think of one that like I wish and hadn't have written. Um, the only thing sometimes I think with the compact page, and this is something that I've kind of done a little bit more. Um, oh, where did I find? It's another quote that I found. Um, I know it was on a podcast and one of the Gymshark people were talking on it. And they were like, you've always got to look after your most vulnerable customer. And it got me thinking with Compaq, I was like, hmm. At the beginning, I did promote like a couple of like post-show treats. And I was like, well, hang on there. Like, I shouldn't be actually, it's as bad as it sounds. Like, I, I don't, I always think now, especially with where I was at, I don't want the Compaq feed. If, if someone's really food focused or struggling with food, I don't want to encourage that and mm -hmm. have, you know, their feed is going to be full of so much stuff. I don't want the compact feed to be that sort of like kind of twist, if that makes sense. I don't yeah. want it to be like that. So I have had a couple of brands that kind of reach out to me like, hey, I'd love to do a collab or come on the website. I'm like, I'm really sorry. Like, that's just one thing that I will not, I will not promote because it's everywhere else. Like, mm. 
it's everywhere else about having you know focusing on like this post-show food and all that sort of thing but that's one thing at the beginning i did a post on i think it was a meme or something and i did an instagram story and i kind of after a couple of months later i was like i'm not doing that again and after that like that's really one of one social media post slash story thing i would probably wish i'd never done because i always think crap what if someone was on that feed and was struggling at that time and now i've just made that worse by what i've just put on there do you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean yeah and what's one post you wish you'd always written um i think it's probably the all-in stuff Mm -hmm. because the post that I did when I did the transformation, not trying to hate that word, I shouldn't have said that. You know what I mean? Like where I was at the peak of it to where I was at like halfway through my diet, um, like the response was like pretty insane actually. And I was like, loads of people have actually struggled with this. I probably mm. should have posted more. I probably should have posted this sooner. And I probably should have posted, at least been honest with what, I didn't have to post all the time about it, but you know, last year I probably should have been like, look, this, I'm probably, cause everyone was a bit like, I couldn't really understand what was going on with you. And I was like, that's probably, you know, I was just, I probably should have been a bit honest instead of probably saying like, I'm not going to go crazy, but this is what's going on in my life. And then Jeremy to kind of like time, like time stamp it. That's probably yeah. the one thing I wish I probably would have done, but yeah. Fair enough. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you sparing me some time in your super stressful and busy day. Always for you, babe. Um, Would you like to plug yourself? Um, do you know what? When you said that, I looked at the extension cable and I was like, I'm plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> where can shows. people find you? <laughs> that just shows where I'm at um, at this time of day. Um, so yeah, people can find me on... Um, <laughs> There's three different ones: Jasmine, Julia, Jeffrey, which is my personal, and uh, not just the King Girl, which is the podcast, and Compact Women, which is the business one as well. I can't believe I just looked at the extension cable like an absolute numpty. <laughs> I do think prep brain is a full-on thing. Like once you get it, it never goes. No, the brain fog will always be there. <laughs> always be there. No, thank you so much for coming on, babe. You are so more than welcome. Thank you.